Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to TalkSport 2 and highlights of the 3020 International between South Africa and England at Cape Town. Don't forget, you can hear live and exclusive match commentary of the first ODI between the two sides this Friday from 10am here on TalkSport 2. But without further ado, let's bring you the action. South Africa did actually win the toss and have chosen to uh, bat first. Owen Morgan um, would have chased. It was perhaps uh, Quentin de Cox. Body language, having won the toss, that, that fooled us all into thinking that he'd lost yet another one. But in fact, he did win it. Um, pleased to say that Alfonso Thomas and uh, Alex Tudor are here with me. Gentlemen, what do you make of the fact, uh, Alex, I'll go to you first. First of all, that England are, are unchanged in uh, this third game. No uh, place for Moeen Ali on a used pitch. No place for Mark Wood in the side either. Yeah, afternoon, everybody. Yeah, a, a little su- a surprise, Butch. Um, I think I... If I was Owen Morgan, which I'm not, I'm not a World Cup winning captain, uh, never had been. But um, I, I think I would have liked to have maybe see a few individuals, you know, Sam Billings and Reese Topley and, and these guys just getting a go. And as you say, Mo and Ali, you, at some stage you have to see how these guys are performing. It's all well and good. Yes, we have a very good side and he sort of is trying to formulate his 11. But it's going to be times in tournament play where certain individuals either get um, injured, ill or a little bit um, of misplaced form, and you're going to have to throw one of these guys in. And if they're coming in cold, it can be sometimes difficult. But Owen Morgan is his own man, and um, I think he's saying, listen, I'm not giving caps away. You're going to have to earn it. And um, he's quite comfortable with the 11 that is out there. It's an exciting 11. I, you know, We're very lucky and blessed that we get to watch these guys on a regular basis. And... Uh, you know, it's not the days when we were playing Butch, was it? When we were, we were basically useless. And these guys are very, very good. And, um, you know, every time they go out there, they just find a way. Even, you know, in those games, the last one, there's just something in you thinking they're going to get over the line. And, and in previous years gone by, England most probably lose those games. But Owen Morgan has got these guys playing very, very good cricket. And as you say, it's a misfortune for the guys that are missing out. Mo Ali, Billings, Wood and Topley. But they're just going to have to wait their chance. 
they certainly are and take it when it uh, comes along on the other hand though Alfonso I mean all kinds of difficulties for, for Quentin de Kock he'll point to the fact that he's run England close in these first two games but illness injury Alex Tudor just mentioned them that's what's happened to uh, Henrik Klaassen he's out ill Kagiso Rabada is injured South Africa have to roll the dice again and change the 11 yet again Hi, Butch. Good afternoon, listeners. Um, yeah, I think Mr. De Kock is getting himself, you know, uh, um, it's certainly, there's a couple of changes. Um, I'm quite excited to see Sir Pomla. Um I know people back home talk very highly of him. Um, and then they've obviously opted to rest Robada for this. Um, Pite van Bouillon gets another go at it. I would like to see Faf staying at three because I think between him and De Kock, you know, they are the sort of leaders of a batting lineup. So I think I'm just not happy with Foff coming in at number four on um, during the game on Sunday in Paul. So I would like Quinton de Kock to open with Temba Bavumo, who he needs a score definitely. Foff at three, and then I would leave it open to find a dozen from um, Van Bouillon. And then you also got Hendricks there. Yeah, what... Well, what about them batting first? Again, they've, they've set targets in the first two games and not particularly convincingly and have lost them both with England rampant chasing and they've decided to go the same way again on a used pitch. Yeah, you can sort of understand that. I, I would imagine that that would bring in their, um, that would bring in Shamsi and it will obviously bring in George Linder as well. So I can, yeah, so I can certainly understand the thinking there. But I think... The key for me is going to be either the cock or duplicy to go and get them that 80, you know, just to put a good score on the board and hopefully the bowlers can then defend that. 179 wasn't enough on uh, the same surface on Friday. Um, have you been impressed, Alex Tudor, with uh, with Johnny Bairstow and David Milan in these first two games? You've had difficulty for South Africa putting runs on the board but not so England and it's coming from different quarters. Yeah that's right um, Johnny Bairstow's a phenomenal player and uh, it, it looked like he was batting on a different track, He was there was a time when he was batting with Ben Stokes and Ben Stokes was struggling a little bit even though he got 37 off 27 but Johnny Bairstow just looked like he had, he, you know he just read the pitch extremely well and he just had time and, and good players always have time and he was able to pounce anything that's short, anything that was full and he's just punishing, you know, as I said, these guys, and I keep harping on about it, how, you know, devastating they are. They clear the boundary when they win. When they want to hit that six boundary, they pretty much do it 80% of the time. Um, and, you know, David Milan just keeps getting runs. You know, he, he's in there and he's in there on merit. And people are saying, you know, how you get Joe Root and stuff in. But it's difficult and he keeps getting runs and he's saying, try and get me out of the side. Yeah, well, funny you should say that because uh, England's man of the match in the uh, second T20 says composure is the key in chasing down any total. And here he is. That's one of my strengths. I try to stay in the moment. I try not to look too far ahead or what's happened. Um, if I start looking at what my strike rate is and where I'm at, you know, I lose touch of the game. I lose sight of what's happening in the game. So, you know, I, I, all I look at what is what's required, um, whether we need a big over, who's the guy to take down and back myself when I get to that, that I'll be able to do it. Obviously, if I get out, I've obviously stuffed the game up a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I back myself um, with the amount of cricket that I've played in 2020 cricket, the experience that I have to be able to do that uh, when it's needed.
Okay, we're just about ready for the uh, national anthems. David Milan, um, coming into the series, was was perhaps um, a little bit modest in terms of uh, his position in the side, saying he still had to play for it. Well, I think he's nailed it down now. Had a chance to look at both ends now, and Quentin de Kock is going to play that flip uh, that he gets inside the line to Sam Curran's delivery. He will play it to Joffre Archer as that short fine leg inside the 30-metre circle. Temba Vavuma was very quickly saying, yes, yes, let's take a single. Quentin de Kock wasn't quite balanced, so it took him a while to get going. Archer throws to the uh, non-striker's end, but they do indeed get that single safely enough. Yeah, just bowled a little bit of a cutter there, there's Sam Curran. It's like he, because it was sort of a flip, he was on his back foot a little bit, so it took him a while to get going. And if it was a direct hit, he was out. Bavuma pulls Curran on this occasion, and mid-wicket is inside the 30-metre circle. The sweeper is not square on the leg side, and that will go away for a four. Bavuma has seven from ten, and Sam Curran has started his second over, single and four, and now has naught for nine. As he was, he was basically looking for the badge on Bavuma's helmet there, and it disappeared for four. Quentin de Kock is the man on strike to Joffre Archer. Archer's third ball of his second over making his way in from the pavilion end. Quinton de Kock is just dropping that into his uh, feet in the crease, and there's no run. Joffre Archer goes through, plays a little bit of football himself, and there is no run. It's good bowling this, Mac. He's not giving him any room. That sort of waist height, keeping it tight, close, at good pace. Hasn't got to 90 yet, but sort of 86, 87 miles per hour is quick enough. And he's hitting the bat, so to speak. Johnny Bairstow is stationed as the square leg on the boundary if Quentin de Kock wants to take this on. Quentin de Kock is going to take this on. He's going to step across his stumps and flip it over. And I think that ball lands just inside the rope. It's a beautiful shot from Quentin de Kock. It's the first time he's really played with much attacking intent. He moves to nine. He just shuffles across his stumps, helps it on its way because there's plenty of real estate out there and he hit it so well, it wouldn't have mattered really if there was a fielder there anyway. Four run, Jordan back around. That is straight to Quentin de Kock has gone for this one. He's got underneath it a bit. He's got nowhere near all of it. And Tom Curran will take the catch on the edge of the 30-metre circle at uh, mid-on. And Quentin de Kock goes. And Chris Jordan has his moment. He is now officially England's leading T20 international wicket taker. What a one to get. Quentin de Kock the danger man of the opposition, the captain of the opposition. It's the first of the afternoon, South Africa 34 for one. And that's quality fast bowling. That's a slower ball to ball before and outfoxed him. And with that one, 86 miles an hour, a little bit more juice on the delivery macker. And it was done, it was good for Quinder de Kock. Let me tell you, he's a fine player, but it done for him. He tried to hit it downtown, got too much on it, went up. Tom Curran just running around, taking the easy catch, and as you rightly said, really happy for Chris Jordan. Leading wicket-taking T20 cricket for, for England. Bavuma will face Jordan. It's a slower ball dug into the pitch. Hits a Stokes a cover, throws at the uh, non-striker's end, and if that hits, Bavuma is out, I reckon, because he... Well, he didn't have that far to go, but we saw with Ben Stokes, he's never out of the game on Sunday. He misfielded the same ball twice at one stage and still affected a run-out in Pal. He is so dangerous and I thought he was in business again. Action Jackson, that's what I'm going to call him now, Carl Weathers. He's all over the place, isn't he, Ben Stokes? He's fantastic. Thought the board's gone past him. He's gone with reverse hands and then swivelled in one motion. And if that was hit, 
Bavuma could have carried on running back to the pavilion. Fantastic cricket from Ben Stokes, and that's why he's so exciting. We, we often use the phrase in commentary that he wasn't in the picture, Bavuma, in that case. He genuinely wasn't in the picture. He was that far out. Oh, Hendricks, first ball to uh, Jordan. He's got in himself in a tangle. It's gone down to... Well, it was heading to short, fine leg. Butler will intercept. He scurried up to the uh, non-striker's end for a single. Butler throws at the non-striker's end. He was almost outplayed on and almost outrun out in the same delivery. Current right arm over. Edged! Oh! Joss Butler, I think, got fingertips of that one. That was almost full Superman extension away to his right-hand side. There's a lot of hands-on heads. Reza Hendricks has a boundary for South Africa go to 44 for one. But Joss Butler has got close, I reckon, to pulling off an absolute worldie. My eye goes to the replay. He's going away to his right-hand side. He's got the end of the index finger on that one. And you know what? It might not have been as far away from him as I first thought. It's, it's a good attempt, but knowing the standards these guys set themselves, Joss Butler's going to be disappointed not to pull that one in. That has absolutely flown off the bat. Hendricks is in behind this one, pushing it back to uh, mid-off. Curran can't field in his uh, follow-through. Six overs uh, done for the uh, uh, innings. And South Africa 44 for one. So that is the power play done and dusted. Eyes on Adil Rashid's right hand. And he stays in his crease. Drop kicked this one a long, long way back into the building site. Over uh, wide, long on. It's uh, maximum to Temba Bavuma. Little man, but it's a hit. A long, long ball, and that's the 50 up for South Africa. 52 for one from seven. That was a fantastic shot by Temba. Stokes is into him once more. Slower ball this time. Mavuma waits on it and uh, drills it down the ground to Chopper uh, Archer at uh, long on. Stokes is uh, is not happy. Apologies if you heard any uh, untoward language from the stump uh, mics there, but. Uh, I think Joffre Archer perhaps was very wide at long on. The ball just went down to what you would imagine to be an orthodox long on position and you were just expecting the fielder to jog in, pick it up and throw it in. But uh, Joe, Joffre Archer was nowhere to be seen and uh, South Africa came back for a comfortable two and, uh, well, as you heard, Stokes not impressed. He's in now to uh, Bavuma, who has just lobbed an easy catch, the simplest of catches. He will not be making 70 or 80 and giving South Africa something to build around because he has just given the softest of dismissals to Chris Jordan inside the circle at mid-off. Ben Stokes perhaps not quite so angry with Joffre Archer now because it's brought in the wicket of Temba Bavuma and South Africa are 61 for two. And uh, once more, extra cover is in play. Hendricks times it well enough but hits it straight at the man. It's Owen Morgan in there at extra cover. And there is no run once more. This is, we're having a chat before uh, we came on air about the, the coal tax situation with South Africa. And it's something that, uh, something that you know all about, Alfonso. We'll Thanks get to much. that in a second. <laughs> uh, nicked Out. and caught. Slow ball from Stokes. A waft outside the off stump from Hendricks. Butler had to dive forward as the ball died on his way to him behind the stumps but he catches it cleanly enough uh, and another non-expansive uh, well, non and uh, non-consequential innings from Reza Hendricks is over. He goes for 13 and South Africa are now 64 for three. Van der Dusen pulls, it's uppish, it's gone a long long way up onto the grass bank that would normally be uh, covered by uh, supporters in various states of uh, clothedness. Uh, but as it is today, it lands on its own, on the bank, 
and uh, it's a six. And South Africa have just suddenly got things moving in uh, Ben Stokes's third over. 84 for three now the score. Rashid is in. It's a, a pull sweep square or just in front of square and it's been fiercely struck by Rassi van der Dussen. That takes him on to 16. South Africa to 89 for three. And just in the last six or seven deliveries, South Africa have begun to find the boundary. And he's looking dangerous, Butch. Van der Dussen, he's just stamping his authority. He's punishing the bad ball and he just went down on one knee. And Johnny Bairstow at deep square had no chance, really. It was a valiant attempt. Jordan in. Fatou Plessis is waiting. Wait on the back foot. Ball's round about the off stump. It's hit straight to Sam Curran, sweeping on the offside. And again, it's just another single. Fatou Plessis goes to 20 from uh, 23. And it's 103 for three. Yeah, just sort of uh, looking at the current. If they at this, you know, 6.94, they're going to get sort of 139. If they go at eights, 144. Anything above 10s gives them a chance, an opportunity. Final ball of the uh, over from Chris Jordan, and he's five singles so far. It is a low full toss to Razi van der Dusten. He's done well. He's done really well. He's got it through uh, wide long on, and Ben Stokes can't get around and cut that one off, and they finish with a boundary four that suddenly means... It's nine off the over, and what was a cracking over from England's point of view suddenly goes to the South Africans. 107 for three after 15 overs. How many times do we see that? The last ball of the delivery is like, get out of your over, and it goes for a boundary. It's so frustrating. As you say for Chris Jordan, it was looking good. Just singles, you're happy with that, especially in T20 cricket. I'm always saying, if you don't go for double figures, you've done well. He'd be just a little bit disappointed. So it's over number 16, and Tom Curran's going to bowl his second. England have used six bowlers, so Adil Rashid is the only one who's bowled his four so far, Not for 20, and therefore Owen Morgan can shuffle his bowlers around as he see fits for the remainder of the innings. Curran is going to go in and bowls to Faf Duplessis. Faf Duplessis hits back straight over the bowler's head. He's got a long way underneath this. Has he got enough of it? Yes, he has. It will go all the way for six. That has travelled a long, long way in terms of metres because a great many of them were vertical rather than horizontal. That ball has travelled a long, long way. Tom Curran, welcome back to the bowling crease. Faf Duplessis sends him straight back over his head for six, what a shot. Curran, right arm over. Fatou Plessis, it's a slower one, he waits on this. Hits hard, down to uh, Stokes at mid-on. Two bounces to uh, Stokes, who sends in the return. Single taken to bring up a 50 partnership. 50 from 36 uh, balls faced between uh, van der Dussen and Fatou Plessis, and they've both contributed half of those, 25 apiece in those 36 balls. Final ball of the 16th from Tom Curran. Faf Duplessis gets this one in the wheelhouse, swings it into the leg side, and that lands about 10 rows back in the seats. Tom Curran has gone for two sixes in the over, and South Africa have hit the accelerator button. 16 overs gone, 123 for three. That's a fantastic cricket shot, and again, you're trying to get yourself out of the over, and it's gone for a boundary. It happens so many times. There's a cross-seam delivery. And Faf has sort of just gone leg side a little bit and the ball followed him. And he's just swiveled very nicely off that front foot and had the bat sort of facing upwards and it had enough on it to carry all the way about 10, 12 rows back into the stands. Fantastic cricket shot. 
Well, we're going to bring in Alfonso into it. We'll shuffle up a bit, make some space for Alfonso to join the, uh, the commentary for, for the final few hours of this one. Um, just some thoughts about Tom Curran in this series. One for 55 on Friday in the first game at Cape Town from four overs. One for 37 from four. Um, he's now bowled two overs that have gone for 24 this evening. Look, it, it is the loss of a, a bowler in one day international cricket and T20 cricket. You can go for a few, but just have, get some thoughts on his performance in a minute. Joffre Archer starts the new over. Razi van der Dusten has decided he's joining the party as well. He's put Joffre Archer over mid-wicket for six. It lands only a couple of metres over the rope, but it doesn't matter whether it's 20 metres over or two metres over. They still count for six. And he's got another one to add to the total. And that's 129 for three for South Africa. Archer is in. Shot. Van der Dussen has climbed into this one into the leg side. And again, if there were crowds in Newlands, that would be a souvenir for someone. Van der Dussen has taken this on. He has hit Joffre Archer. Six, four, four. No score, six. And Razi van der Dussen is piling on the runs. Both Faf and van der Dussen batting extremely well. 48 not out he is as he takes a short ball on from Archer. They're going to take one. Are they going to take on the arm of Milan? Come back for the second. Yes, they will, and they will make it. And Razi van der Dussen has a 50. A very well-played 50. He's got 37 and 25 not out in the series. In the first two games, he has got himself a 50. His third T20 international 50, and he's actually only 14 runs away from his highest score in this form of the game. So with three overs to go, 145 for three, 17 gone South Africa. Jordan goes in, Faf Duplessis has climbed into this one. He has sent the ball many a mile. It is another six for the innings. It's six that takes Faf Duplessis to 39. The South African 150 is up. They are 151 for three. The first ball of the 18th over. Eight balls of the innings to go. Faf Duplessis, 44 not out from 35. Swings at this one, over mid-off, and that will go away for four. It was there to be hit, and Faf Duplessis did so. The 100 partnership is up 103 from 59 balls. Faf Duplessis has 48 from 36, and South Africa now 167 for three, with seven balls of the innings to go. Remember, the uh, par score in day-night games, or average Batting first in day-night games at Newlands is 1.58. So, Alfonso, as you mentioned, South Africa are already above par with seven balls to add. Just shows you what could have been if Faf Duplessis came in at three. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to let this one go, Faf. He's not, he's not, is he? <laughs> but again, it's that width, isn't it, Alfonso? He's just giving him that width, the ball's just tailing away. Maybe Sam needs to hold it across the seam. But as I said, I would like to see him come round the wicket and tuck him up. Absolutely, and that's Faf's area, extra cover long off. Final ball from Curran, he's staying over the wicket. Faf Duplessis gets a full toss, he's opened the face and guided it past the uh, man at short third man, and it will go away for four, and Faf Duplessis has a half century. 52 from 37 deliveries for uh, Faf Duplessis, that is his 10th 50 in T20 international. Well, it's going to be Chris Jordan for the final over. Van der Dussen is the man on strike. Jordan starts him with a low full toss. Roundabout shin height. It's been hit through square leg. It's one bounce away for four. And that bounce was only a couple of metres in from the edge of the rope. For a second, that looked like it was travelling the distance as well. Van der Dussen 
has found the middle of the bat with regularity in this innings, and South Africa continue to pile on the runs, 175 for three. He's just again missed his Yorker, bar a couple of inches, low full toss, and the bottom end of Rossi van Anderson enables him to hit it over square leg for four. Raining Jordan boundaries. under the pump. Jordan yeah. under the pump. He is, yeah, first, first ball. ball, yeah. First ball going for, for a boundary. It's under pressure. Has to try and get out of it well. Are you looking at 190 possibly? One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does, they charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. South Africa 2-0 down, series gone, looking to avoid the clean sweep. This one's about pride as much as anything else, and we've seen plenty of that in the last hour or so. Van der Dussen, as Jordan goes in, launches him back over his head, it's into the stands again! 4-6 to start the over. And Van der Dussen has 64 to his name. 181 for three at South Africa. And the runs are flowing. That's a shot of the evening for me. That's, that takes me back to watching a certain Herschel Gibbs at Newlands. Now just on bended knee, mm. overlong of great hands. Does Van der Dussen bluff? Counter bluff? What does Jordan do? He goes in past the umpire. Van der Dussen swings hard, back over Jordan's head. That's got huge hang time. That's Air Jordan. And <laughs> Van der Dussen goes to 72. His second six in the over. 189 for three. What a blow. What a hit. Straight as a die. This has been fabulous, fabulous cricket. Final ball of the innings. Razzy van der Dussen. 72 from 31 balls faced. We'll face Chris Jordan. Jordan gives him a bouncer. Van der Dussen gets it into the leg side and is brilliantly caught, but no, not held. Sam Curran has gone full length at backwards square leg, thought he was going to fall over the rope, so has tried to flip it 
onto his teammate who is on the boundary at mid-wicket. I can't make out who that is, but unfortunately he couldn't flip the ball hard enough to complete the catch. Therefore, the batsmen have scurried back for two. That means South Africa post 191 for three. In fairness, that ball was there to be hit leg side, which is what van der Dussen did. It's the catches taken by Sam Curran, but he knows he's getting close to that advertising foam. He takes one step and realises, I've got a problem. Tries to therefore flip it up, but he can't get enough on it to get it to Joffre Archer, who it was, who was uh, coming around. So therefore, the catch isn't completed. 1-9-1 one, one for three for South Africa. Infinitely their best score of this uh, series so far. Sam Curran, naught for 35 from three. Joffre Archer, naught for 44 from four overs. It's one for 42 for Chris Jordan from his four. Tom Curran's two overs cost him 24. Adil Rashid, naught for 20 from his four overs. And Ben Stokes, three overs, two for 26. Well, gentlemen, um, let's analyse that one. Um, let's start, first of all, um, Alex Tudor by rewinding the clock. And Chris Jordan, we need to talk about the first half of his bowling rather than the second half because he did, earlier on today, take a wicket that means he is now England's highest one-day international... Uh, sorry, T20 international wicket-taker. We need to reflect on that as he goes past Stuart Broad and uh, therefore goes into the uh, standings on his own as he now has 66 international wickets. Yeah, really happy for him. As you said, known him as a 17-year-old when he first joined Surrey and knew then that he was going to go on to great things and he's been phenomenal for England, that consistency. You know, to, to get that many wickets, you have to be consistent with your fitness and, and, and playing in the side and he's done that. So congratulate him on that. I think he'll most probably take that away for the last couple of overs. I mean, it's been an absolute run-fest for the last 10 overs with van der Dussen and, and, and Faf Duplessis. I mean, 127 was their partnership of 10.3 overs. It's just violent and, and well-orchestrated runs. It didn't start off that way, but as they got into that partnership, it was they just found their way, saw what the pitch was doing, where the bowlers were trying to bowl it, and dispatched it to all parts of the Newlands ground. Phenomenal batting, and as I said, at 14.2 overs, I know I keep going on, but they were on 100. I was saying if they get to 150, you know, England going to have to bat well to get it because the wicket is not quick. They're mixing up their pace. I mean, 191, if England get anywhere near that, we've got a hell of a game on air tonight. I wouldn't want to miss that. You need to tune in, people. Absolutely. Well, Alfonso, I mean, Alex makes a great point. 66 for three in the first half, 125 without loss in the second half of the innings. That, Razi van der Dussen and, and Faf Duplessis have been absolutely brilliant there, haven't they? Oh, no, they have been fantastic. But it just shows you again, it is not rocket science. You know, if you have guys in the top order that can bat through, like we saw in the first game with Johnny Bairstow doing it, like we saw in the second game, David Milan doing it for England. You know, if you can get one of that top four to go and kick on, and the bonus here for the Proteas was they had two guys set at the back end and it just shows you what can happen. You know, for me, going into the second innings, as we saw, you know, the key for me is how they can get out of that power play, not conceding too many runs. And then no doubt they're going to throw it over to George Linder and to Bray Shamsi to hopefully turn 
turn the game South Africa's way. Um, just while we're talking teams, anyone who wasn't with us when we started at four o'clock, England were unchanged. South Africa made two changes to uh, their side. And the significance of that, Alfonso, um, there was a lot of talk after the game in Pal in the fact that South Africa went in with only five bowlers. And in a 20-over game where you can only bowl four overs, therefore they all had to bowl their allocation. Here, there are six genuine bowlers. And England have used six bowlers in this situation and it means that if someone does get a bit of tap you don't have to keep going back to them and risking them getting flogged do you see this as a better balanced south african attack and, uh, and an attack that could defend this total i definitely would have liked to have seen Rabada in there because i think with him not playing now that evens that out a little bit and you probably gives you that 10 runs extra you know so i think the fact that he isn't playing will certainly not help the South African cause because you're then hoping that Andrich Norkia, Ngidi, Shamsi and George Linda all in the key and then you're looking at Sapamlo who's a young kid who no doubt the guys will target him. Well, if you weren't with us uh, earlier on that, there's something else that's been confirmed. Uh, Rabada not involved today as he picked up what was called a niggle at the toss. <laughs> um, about five minutes after the game had started, it was actually confirmed. Uh, he's out of the entire one-day international series, which starts on Friday, uh, as it's going to take at least three weeks for him to uh, recover. And we play all of the uh, one-day internationals in the space of six days. So he hasn't got a chance of being involved in those. Alex Tudor, from an England point of view, well, Owen Morgan had, had rated their performances so far as average at best, they're going to have to be a bit more than average to uh, to chase this one down. I'll tell you one thing, my boy Joy, um, Jason Roy is going to need some runs. He's got some runs to go and score tonight and um, he's going to have to have a good start. England going to have to have a good partnership at the start. I mean, listen, England bat long. I mean, you've got Rashid who's got 11, 12 first-class hundreds coming in at number 11. But they're going to have to, as Alfonso says, it's not going to be easy against Shamsi and Lindy, because they've bowled extremely well, and as you said, pace off the ball. But um, it's a challenge, and Owen Morgan likes challenges for this England T20 team, and they've thrown one up for tonight. And as you said, if England get anywhere near this, we're going to have an absolute classic here on, Sky, on, on TalkSport here tonight. So, the second innings is coming up shortly. 192 is what England are looking to chase. That is just over nine and a half and over. Went in the cot behind the stumps, but that should come as... Little surprise to those who know him. He's at number 27, Linda is in. and Oh, that's been hit beautifully. Jason Roy, half a step down the ground and has absolutely mullered that down the ground. Straight back over the bowler's head. Towering six for Roy. And uh, he's won the battle for now. 18 without loss from three. As Nokia is in again. Seam angling towards the leg side. Oh, that's straight and it's full and it's gone. Out. Umpire Jelly. Gets the finger up. Jason Roy might think about reviewing this, but I think uh, I think he's gone. That's beaten him for pace. It was quick. The ball was fuller, and I think that it's going to knock uh, leg stump out of the ground. And I think Josh Butler agrees with me. Just looks if it's could be an umpire's call, even if he does refer it. It's probably hitting leg stump on umpire's call. I'm going to go for. Let's see if I'm right. If I <laughs> can yeah. make a good umpire. See if either of us have. Uh, anywhere near getting our white coats on. I think that's out. I reckon that's hit. Three quarters of the way up, leg stump, and has sent it cartwheeling back towards Quentin de Kock. It was a quick delivery. Nokia, for the first time really in the innings, has gone fuller than back of a length. And uh, it was quick, it was straight, and it was good enough for Jason Roy. 
he's gone for 16 and uh, England have lost their first with a score on 25. Lungiangidi is into the attack for the final over the power play. And that's uh, hit Milan on the shins. It, umpire has given him out, but I think that's pitched outside I'm the leg go, stump. I'm going to go pitch out the leg as, as a left-hander, no, uh, no movement back in towards uh, the left-handed batsman. And the length just looked too short for it to pitch in line. We will see, because Doe Milan has... Uh, made the same assessment and has challenged uh, umpire Jelly and sent it upstairs to uh, umpire Holdstock in the uh, the third umpire's chair. Could also be one of those umpires called pitching in line, which I can't really understand. It's either pitching in line or it's not. Yeah, the ball, what? You've got to have just over, or just over half the ball. Just over... A, it's just over a third of the ball on the pitching on the tram line. Well, I guess if anything pitches on the tram line and the umpire's giving it out, that that decision should stand. But the ball does just deck back in towards uh, David Milan. But I still think that it's pitched outside. There's definitely no uh, edge involved. The ball has hit David Milan a good six inches below the knee roll. There's no doubt that uh, it would smash into the stumps. But here's the, uh, the telling one. Yeah, it's <laughs> outside, outside by, by three inches. One Maybe outside. two. But yeah, it's a, it's a poor decision from uh, the standing umpire. And uh, Darren Milan lives to fight another day. Definitely my kind of umpire, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... You know, Giving me the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> county game. Pack your bags, you're on your way, David Milan. There's no coming back for that. But uh, the DRS doing exactly what it's there to do. Clears up uh, an obvious error from the umpire. And uh, no harm is done. 45 for one. And Gidi into Milan once more. This is wide of off stump. And Milan loves that. Absolutely loves that. He can put those away in his sleep through cover. It's a poor ball from Ngidi. 1-9-2 the target for England to win this series 3-0. Linda is in. Milan's down the pitch, pushing it back past the bowler. Uh, goes past Joss Butler at the non-strikers, and they will take a single. That's the over completed with five singles for Linda. He's well, three overs for 18. 61 for one are England after seven. So it's 131 runs from 78 balls for requirement. Choose just before you give us your thoughts on this. Um, at the end, towards the end of the South African innings, we mentioned that the England analyst was putting messages up by using clipboards with numbers and letters on. Social media is, is full of this. Asking a question, is that in the spirit of the game? Because you remember years ago, Bob Woolmer tried an earpiece and there was yeah. an absolute outcry. So is that in the spirit of the game? And does Owen Morgan, a World Cup winning captain, mm. really need messages being passed to him? I have to say, I'm not a fan and I just think it just stakes of guys just trying to get a little bit too clever and seeing what they can maybe possibly get away with um i'm not a fan of that as you rightly said owen morgan what help does he need really he can see it from all out there he's a very tactical captain anyway and he's always thinking i just think it sometimes it's the analyst and he has to be seen to be doing something and they're paying a wage and it? it's like he's got a job out there he's got to be seen to do something he's most probably been away during lockdown thinking what can i come up with and this is what he's come up with foolishness Shamsi into the attack, fresh off the back of his T20 career best figures in international cricket, a three for 19 at Parl, and he starts 
with a perfectly respectable ball that David Milan has gone on the reverse and hit him through backward points away for four runs. So he starts with a boundary in England, put four more to the total. Five fours and three sixes for England in the power play. Linda then to bowl his final over of the evening. Butler is waiting, opening up his body to hit into the offside. Bavuma will field at short cover and there's no run. Linda with 0 for 18 so far. He's opened the bowling in all three games. Butler straight away goes on the reverse and his weight almost drags him out of the crease. Quinton de Kock is waiting with the gloves by the stumps with ball in hand, just going, oh, are you going to overbalance? Are you going to overbalance? I'll whip the bells off if you do. And Joss Butler is just able to keep his weight in the crease. And I tell you what, it was not by much. He managed to roll his foot back and get the studs over the line. Short, hammered into the offside on this occasion by Butler for a single Nokia Fields. England 70 for one. I think only one stud was behind them, Hacker, really, wasn't it? Again, it's those margins, isn't it? It's the difference. The interesting thing is, I was reading that Linda, for, even for his province, doesn't normally open the bowling in T20s, but Quentin de Kock likes it as a, as a theory, and so he's backed his man. Linda goes in. Oh, that's a glorious shot by David Milan. He's beaten the man at short cover, and Razzy van der Dussen, as good a form as he's in with the bat this evening, can't do anything with the field. That's a glorious shot by David Milan. It's away for four, 74 for one. Milan goes to 35 from 18 balls faced. So England are getting on for 20 runs in front. But that acceleration towards the end of the innings, they want to take out the equation. They don't want to rely on something similar. Shamsi in, that doesn't really turn, it's out there to be hit. And Joss Butler has drilled it straight to Razzy van der Dussen at short extra cover. That looked like it had four written all over it, and it goes down in the scorebook as a zero. And he's got away with one there. As I said, rank long off again. He smashed it extremely hard. Van der Dussen all over it. Final ball of the over. Butler plays gently into the uh, onside, they take one. Bavuma will come off of the boundary, and they've seen his throw already recently, so they're not going to take that one on. Halfway mark is reached, 85 for one are England as we uh, reach the halfway mark. 192 is the total they are chasing to win this game. You're listening to South Africa against England on TalkSport 2 with Sky Sports. You can watch every England test, ODI and T20 live and exclusive on their dedicated Sky Sports cricket channel. Well, taking wickets in T20 games is vital. It slows run rates, it means that batsmen aren't set, and we saw that with South Africa. When you get two men set, you give yourself a chance. And now they're seeing it being done to them. They've got to find a way of breaking this partnership, Alex Tudor, haven't they? Yeah, they do. Both are very dangerous. As you say, Butler's just going about his business, just giving David Milan, most of the strike because he's going nicely, as you say, you know, 44 off 23 deliveries faced. Just goes about his business extremely well, very well organised. He gives England that option at the top of the order, being left-handed. And um, he's batting extremely well. And as you say, as long as Butler's still there, always got a chance. Lutho Sapamla on his way for his second over, the right-arm seamer. And Joss Butler has just clattered this one straight. Well, I was about to say into the leg side, but it's over the leg side. Straight into the building site at Cow Corner. Welcome back to the bowling crease. Now go and fetch it, son. 91 for one.
and, and these players, they're experienced and they know their game. And, and what they do, they will target a bowler. And so Pamela being young, not had a lot of experience in only his sixth game. He hops back over and he's now walking in. And so Pamela is on his way for the second ball. Butler's gone into the leg side on this one. He's got some height on that one. He's got distance on that one. And that again would be a souvenir 12 rows back. Back-to-back -back sixes, 97 for one are England. Josh Butler is 35 from 26. Ooh, on, on. Sir Pamela for me, not quite quick enough to be doing this. He's banged it in, Butler's waiting for it. It's just swiveled on his back foot, 80 metres, deep square leg, see you later. 12ve off two. Good luck for the rest of the over. Still four deliveries to go. Uh, Butler has decided he's going to use the uh, boundary in the wind and he's put this into the pavilion for another six. And Joss Butler goes to 48 from 30. Shamsi's gone for 23 runs now. England are ticking these off. It's 113 for one. Yeah, he's feeling it as Joss. He's in the mood. Well, South Africa might have picked six bowlers in this game, but I don't think many of them will be wanting to bowl much at the moment with the way these two are playing. Shamsi in, left arm wrist spin. It's a tight to the leg stump. Butler is able to flick it down to Ngidi at short fine leg for just a single, which in some respects is a bit of a result, if we're being honest. 114 for one. Butler goes to 49. Little race between the two of them. Who can get to 50 first? Milan is the man on strike, and he's one shot away from it. 46 from 25 balls. Shamsi's in. Milan gives this some air over cover. Beautiful shot from Milan, and there's no way that Faf Duplessis is going to get around and stop it. So David Milan will win the race to 50. He goes to 50 from 26 balls. England are 118 for one, and Milan and Butler are making this look almost easy at the moment here on TalkSport 2. Seven fours and a six as... Shamsi comes in, Milan's gone into the leg side this time, he's gone underneath this one, has he got enough? Yes, he has! So Pamela can't do anything about that. This over has gone 1-6, one, 1-4-6. Six, one, six. Shamsi is racking up telephone numbers at the moment, and Milan's got 56 as England moved to 124 for one. Full toss again, this time down the leg side, and it's going to be signalled a wide by uh, Alan Jelly. And, and so, therefore, there is no leadership. And I'm not blaming it on Quentin de Kock, but it just seems to me that he's got he's got too much on his plate. And his personality is not suited to being the guy who gets hold of things um, in the middle for South Africa when it's required. I just think, Butch, Fav Duplessis, Quentin de Kock, your senior players. Slow ball again, and it's just punched. Just go and have a conversation with him. You know, just ask him his plans and stuff. And if you look at the way the first innings went, you had Morgan and you had Jordan, who's the senior bowler, going over to Sam Curran and having a discussion. Where at the moment you can't see anybody doing that. No, one ball for one run. Sorry, from the uh, the previous delivery, 143. But I mean, I guess that's my point. My point is, is that if if Quentin isn't going to do that, then he can't be your captain. I mean, it's it's as simple as that. He's in your side, of course. He's your best batsman. Um, you know, he, he's a he's a wonderful, wonderful player. Mm. Very talented behind the stumps. But is he a leader of men? I'm not I, sure that he is. I don't think he exudes that. All he, he looks like a captain where he doesn't say too much, but then when things are not quite, quite going right, his body language is hands on hips. And, and it's, you know, when you've got a young and experienced bowling, they don't really need to see that. If you're upset, you can't show that. Show that. 
to because that's going to then filter into the bowlers. And it's nerve-wracking as it is when you're getting dispatched to all parts, when you've got Butler and Milan going about their business. You need someone who's going to exude a little bit more confidence than what's going on at the minute. Oh, most definitely. And they at the moment, if I was a bowler and I turn around and my captain is just standing there, not helping me, not a great body language that he's giving out, you just go, well, you know. He's gonna, it's, 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 it slaps where the ball's going to all parts. The captain's looking for someone to step up. Nokia's only got one more over. It's like, well, who, who, who wants the bowl? <laughs> the lads are like looking in, in the Everybody's stands. Hiding. Like, I, I hope you don't <laughs> Everybody's look at me. Everybody's hiding. You know what I mean? You, you know, they do need a little bit more leadership for me. The man with the ball in his hand is Tavares uh, Shamsi, who uh, drops one short. Josh Butler, his eyes look up into the heavens as though I haven't got enough of it. Oh, yes, you have, Josh. Oh, yes, you have. That's another six over the head of Reza Hendricks at, at deep mid-wicket. And uh, the new bowler ends up with a, a, an old finish really in terms of this innings the ball landing outside of the ropes for another maximum I think that's going to be six the ball was uh, up there from uh, Shamsi and it's out of the ground once again onto another of these beautiful lush grass banks here at Newlands this time over long on Darren Milan is just uh, loving international cricket at the moment because uh, everyone's a coconut as it comes down the crease uh, it doesn't matter who bowls it whether it's pace or spin it is out of the park, 88 metres this time. Linda with 0 for 18 so far. He's opened the bowling in all three games. Butler straight away goes on the reverse and his weight almost drags him out of the crease. Quinton de Kock is waiting with the gloves by the stumps with ball in hand, just going, are oh, you going to overbalance, are oh, you going to overbalance? I'll whip the bells off if you do. And Joss Butler is just able to keep his weight in the crease. And I tell you what, it was not by much. He managed to roll his foot back and get the studs over the line. Short, hammered into the offside on this occasion by Butler for a single Nokia Fields. England 70 for one. I think only one stud was behind there, Macca, really, wasn't it? Again, it's those margins, isn't it? It's the difference. The interesting thing is, I was reading that Linda, for, even for his province, doesn't normally open the bowling in T20s, but Quentin de Kock likes it as a, as a theory, and so he's backed his man. Linda goes in. Oh, that's a glorious shot by David Milan. He's beaten the man at short cover, and Razzy van der Dussen, as good a form as he's in with the bat this evening, can't do anything with the field. That's a glorious shot by David Milan. It's away for four, 74 for one. Milan goes to 35 from 18 balls faced. And that's the confidence that the young man's showing. Pamela <laughs> in to uh, Milan, who's listening to the conversation because he has bopped that over Oof. long on for six. There's one. Well, there's you one know, of them. You know what would be the thing now? 94 right. now. 94 for David Milan. England need, what, six runs to win? And Milan needs six for 100. You know what would be so arrogant now? He does it again. He doesn't even look at anyone. He just puts the bat underneath his arm and just walks off. Or he does the drop, drop the bat. You know, like everyone just drop the mic. The mic drop the just bat. like a mic drop. Yeah, just like boom. I'm in, this team. Uh, I'm in this team, people. <laughs> I ain't going anywhere. <laughs> I don't think knowing David Milan is the type of guy that will do the mic drop or the bat drop. Oh, wide ball. That's a, that's that's a, a no big, ball. big wide from Sapamla. He Oof. almost missed the cut strip. Um, yeah, as you heard from Alfonso Thomas there, he missed the cut strip. It's now a, a no ball, not a wide. Um, that's another rule that baffles me. But anyway, we'll, we'll move along from that. England need uh, five from 16 deliveries. 
Dan Milan needs six <laughs> to bring up what will be a second T20 international hundred. So Pamela has already taken uh, some stick. He's gone for 40. He's 2.2 uh, overs so far. Talksport listeners, welcome along. So Pamela is in and Milan has just slapped it over extra cover for four. Scores are now level. It has been a quite brilliant innings from the number one T20 batsman in the world. He's 98 not out from just 46 balls. England have levelled up South Africa's 191 for three with two and a half overs to spare. And Dawid Milan needs two for a second T20 international 100. Just phenomenal batting display, stroke make, making at its best from David Milan. Not over try to hit, over hit things, just good technique, good base, and just destroying the ball. He's, he's, he's striking at 213. That's Chris Gell type figures. Unbelievable. And he's Andre doing it Russell even. It's a Pamela in. And uh, Milan digs it out. It will be filled in an extra cover. There's been a fumble. There's a chance to come back with two. But Butler, Josh Butler has run all the way through the crease. It's uh, a low-key end to what has been anything but a low-key run chase from England. Dawid Milan finishes 99 not out. England have chased down the target of 192 by nine wickets for the loss of just uh, Jason Roy. And uh, South Africa, look, absolutely shell-shocked. They thought they were in business. They thought they were in the game at the halfway point, having posted 191 thanks to a superb uh, stand of 127 for the fourth wicket between Faf de Plessis and Rassi van der Dussen. 74 from 32 from van der Dussen, 52 from 37 from Faf de Plessis. But it's about 25 to 30 runs too few as England absolutely canter home thanks to... Uh, Joss Butler and uh, the hero of the hour and the best T20 player in the world right now, Dawid Milan. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final... You can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today.